Hello, my friends. Brett Patterson coming at you from the financial capital of the West, joined by the chairman. How you doing, Brett? Oh, I'm doing great, brother. Good for you. Although it's been a sad week. Has it? Well, yeah. Well, it has. Because of... Sad couple weeks. Charlie Munger. Was that two weeks ago? Yeah, it was last yeah. week. Charlie Munger, the vice chair at Berkshire Hathaway, Warren Buffett's right-hand man, best friend since 1958, partner since 1978, passed away at the age of 99 years old. Yeah. You, Dan, and Spencer went to Omaha and saw the last annual meeting with both Buffett and Charlie Munger mm -hmm. side by side, yeah. which is awesome. Which was great. That's we, one of the reasons you went is because you, those guys are getting old. We could have said that the last 20 years. I know, but 99? <laughs> He's 99. Charlie was going to be 100 years old on January 1st. Wow. And Just shy. We talked. I mean, the plan was you were going to go with us. You you couldn't. You had other obligations, family obligations, and couldn't make it. Yeah. The plan was to go because, hey, you're 99 years old. Every day's a gift. <laughs> Right, absolutely. And, and so you never know, and we thought it, now's the time to go. I mean, it, we should have gone last, the year before, the year before that. I mean, '97, you could argue that too. And yeah, we we well, went. We timed it perfect. We, we we're glad we went. It was it was great. And I have I've been to several Berkshire meetings, and which I've always I've loved doing that. And Buffett's, you know, everybody Buffett is the headline guy. But when people go, and if you've been to a Berkshire meeting, you come back talking about Munger. Yeah. You don't talk about why, because he's such a character and he's such a straight shooter, and he just says he's so blunt. He just says it as he sees it, he and he's not he's not politically correct, but he just but he's a good person. You know, I think he, fundamentally he's he's a very good person, good human being, and there's a lot to be learned from. Charlie Munger. There's a lot to be learned. In fact, the Iron Gate process of investing has Charlie Munger's hands all over it and Warren Buffett's hands all over it, right? And they're, I mean, they're, I don't want to say one and the same because they're not the same, but their investment philosophy has impact Iron Gate, especially. Yeah. And Charlie has had a huge influ influence on Warren Buffett and his investment approach. Last, Our last podcast we did a few weeks ago, we talked about how Warren Buffett was, uh, originally he was a cigar butt investor. We talked about picking up free cigars on the sidewalk that had been puffed and there was only one or two puffs. It's the analogy of picking something up for free and then you get some use use out of it from a dirt but cheap stock dirt cheap stock yeah. you buy it you basically buy it for nothing it's a value it's a value investing approach you and the analogy with the with the cigar but munger really that's how buffett invested early on munger really influenced buffett in buying quality businesses buying great businesses and that has influ and because of that, that's influenced Iron Gate. That's how we, that's our philosophy is to buy great businesses. Yep. In fact, there's five things that we want to talk about today. That Mon how Charlie Munger has influenced Iron Gate. And the first one is he always talked about continuous learning. Explain what that means, continuous learning, and why that's important, Brian. Yeah. 
I, I think it's uh, a great, great idea, great principle. You know, Munger has all kinds of great ideas and teachings that, that he subscribes to and believes and life lessons. And, and uh, he calls them mental models is what he calls them. He has all these mental models that he, that he uses in life that helps you be successful. And one of these is continuous learning. And a good example of this that I heard him talk about, he says Warren Buffett it was a continuous learning machine. He always was learning. He was always reading. That's one of the things about Buffett and Munger that I think set them apart from most people is they are constantly reading, constantly learning. Still. And, and still. And here, here you have two guys in their 90s, and it's amazing how they can pull facts their brains were so sharp yeah. and so uh, quick, and uh, because I think they exercised their brain and they were continuously learning. They're not watching CNBC all day. They're reading five to eight hours a day, continually learning about different businesses, and a lot more than that, um, sharpening their mind. Absolutely, my my dad talks about, uh, you know watching tv is like chewing gum i mean it doesn't get you anywhere you just chew you know it's it's there's nothing to it, it you get you there's it doesn't get you anywhere and, and and i think when you're reading and they're they're reading quality books trying to learn uh, you know buffett was so focused on investment but munger was a very on investments and kind of a one-track mind with investments munger is a very diversified thinker he has all kinds of interests and, uh, and, you know, you look at the net worth of Buffett versus Munger, there's a big difference. Munger yeah, was yeah. a multi-billionaire, but Buffett was, you know, his net worth is significantly more because of his focus on investing. Yep. Continual learning. I'd say at Iron Gate, we're constantly, what, that's one of the things we love to do, is constantly read and discuss between the two of us and Spencer and Dan and everybody else is, is hey, what did we learn yeah. today? Here's an interesting article, Brian. Read this. Here's a different company, Brian. Check this out. You send it back. I mean, it's that continual learning process. It's it's part of the process. And I, I people often ask me, you know, or we talk about when we do a research on a particular company or industry. The way I, I think about it is I've been doing research for 30 plus years, and that's continuous learning. And that mm -hmm. and that it's so if I'm doing research, say on Home Depot, well, I've been reading and investing or reading about that industry for the last 20, 30 years, you know, from time to time. And so it is continuous learning and hopefully it's cumulative learning and, and you can build upon that. And that's, I think that's very important to be a good investor is to, is to continuously learn about different things. And the world's always changing. You have to continuously learn to get better. And that, that leads to the number two thing that we learn from Charlie Munger, which is opportunity comes to the prepared mind. I, how, how does that work with the first thing that we talked about? And how does that, like, t tell me about Iron Gate with that opportunity comes to the prepared mind. A lot of times opportunity, there's a short window of, short window of opportunity to take advantage of that specific opportunity. And if your mind is not prepared, if you're not ready to act when that opportunity or window of opportunity opens up to you, you miss it. And so that's what I think that's part of what Munger's means there is you have to be prepared and ready for when that opportunity, yeah. the window of opportunity opens to you. So, uh, so uh, 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 an example of this would be 
we're we're learning we're researching companies we we find a, and have a list of companies that we want to own and we have a price at which we want to own them because we're constantly learning and studying and and then the opportunity comes because we're preparing our minds and hopefully our portfolios to take advantage of those opportunities that come around if we did not continuously learn we wouldn't be prepared to take advantage of the opportunity right and i think it also applies to our the- the businesses we already own, for example, we own a business, stock price goes down, we haven't stayed up with our learning or understanding the business, that opens up yeah. the window of opportunity of mistake, you know, making yeah. a mistake because we haven't continuously learned and kept up and understand the business like we should. So I think that, I think it works both yep. ways. Yep. Yeah. There was a company that fell to our buy price a month ago. And it was at our buy price for probably three hours. And we knew we wanted to buy more. So we bought it. And that opportunity, gone. It's gone, yeah. <laughs> so you got to be prepared. All right, the third thing, and I love this one because I love how blunt Munger is, <laughs> diversification. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to throw a quote at you. Uh, and you tell me, what do you think? Or summarize this for me, yeah. okay? Munger says, I think it's much easier to find five businesses to own than it is to find 100. By the way, I call it diversification. And I'm way more comfortable owning two or three stocks, which I think I know something about and where I think I have an advantage. Yeah. So what does he mean by diversification? And the fact, I mean, how did he manage his portfolio? Did he own 700 stocks? Did no. he own 500? Did he yeah. own 100? He owned, he owned concentrated portfolio of companies or businesses. And I, the idea, the concept is something that, that we u- utilize at, at Irongate. I mean, we, don't, we own more than three companies, but relatively to the, in, relative to the industry, we, own, we have a concentrated portfolio. And it's, the whole idea is you concentrate your money with your best ideas. And mm-hmm. to me, that makes a lot of sense, but it flies in the face of academia. So here's what he says. He says, a lot of people think that if they have 100 stocks, they're investing more professionally than if they only had four or five. I regard this as insanity, yeah. says Munger. Who knows? What person knows a lot about their 100th or 100th yeah. best idea, no or even one. the 50th or even the 30th for that yeah. matter? I mean, can you know a lot about 30 different companies? It's you know, it's it's difficult, and uh, can you really keep track of them? I think, I think that's a great concept, but that flies right in the face of con- you know the general of uh, academia, I, uh, and academia Wall and Wall Street. I mean, yep. yeah. what did he say? And and this isn't one of the bulls, but what did he always say about academia? I mean, not summarize. Well, he was he's pretty critical <laughs> of of uh, what was. To- He's, for, for example, very critical of, of how they teach investing and how to be a, a yeah. good investor and how to value a business. Very critical of that. Now, they do some, he did, in fact, I just saw a quote recently uh, where he talks about they teach, they teach accounting pretty good. They teach um, finance pretty good, marketing. I mean, they teach, but when it comes to investing uh, and investment banking and things like that. They make it so complicated. Right. And it's, it's kind of yeah, silly. Yeah. Right? All right. The, the fourth thing is when to, when to buy and when to sell. 
Okay. And it's, it's, I think it's really easy to buy. I think it's harder to sell. And this is what he says. He says, we're partial to putting out large amounts of money where we won't have to make another decision. If you buy something because it's undervalued, he's talking about the cigar butt mentality that you talked about earlier. If you buy something because it's undervalued, then you have to think about selling it when it approaches your calculation of intrinsic value. That's hard, says Munger. But if you buy a great company, but if you buy a few great companies, then you can sit on your ass. That's a good thing, says Munger. Yeah, it is a good thing. Yeah. And that's 100% Iron Gate's philosophy. I mean, yep. that's the, it's the, we want to buy, inve- we want to buy investments that we hopefully don't ever have to sell. That, that's the idea behind he, it. He says, you shouldn't be buying stocks that you need to sell in the first place. If you buy high quality compounders and forget about them, they will generate returns year after year without the requirement for you to spend extra time and effort assessing to try to decide when to sell. Yeah. That's so different than what you hear very, anywhere else. Very different. Now, with the, we do sell on occasion, but it's usually because there's we, something we, else to buy. They either, they either something else to buy or we feel like the, the that investment no longer you know works for us it's not yep. a, it's not a forever business either we misunderstood it or we we chalk it up to a mistake i mean that's when we sell generally but usually when we go into a business the idea is we would love to own this business forever i mean that that's ideally what we want to own is a forever business that has a long runway of growth ahead of it. You know, yeah. he talks about compounder. We want companies that will can compound your money over a long period of time. It's the best way to invest. And if you look at the the true wealth, the the, the wealthiest people in the world, those people owned assets that were able to compound yeah. their money over a long period of time. I had a client ask me the other day, he said, hey, um, this particular business has had a good year. Should we take some profits off the table? What would your response there be, Brian? Well, we just we we'd usually discourage it. And why? Say why? If it's a good business, it's going to continue to compound. Right. Your, Five, it, three years. You can only it. compound your wealth if you're invested in great businesses. Yeah. Why? destroy that and i always think about it in terms of okay let's go out five years three years five years from now do you feel like these shares will these the value of this company will be more higher in three years or five years from now if it is why would you sell it today if you know it's going to go to you know say x you know higher value at, at five years from now and it's you know some lower value today but in the meantime it may go up or down but you know eventually that's that's a very hard game to play you know, and we, we just want to own co- companies that will compound wealth over time. Last bullet, number five. Okay. Keep it simple. Yeah. If it's... What do you mean? What that, does he mean? That's, the, uh, that's our number one rule, our investing rule, is if we don't understand it, we just don't aren't interested. It. We're not... Right. And that that's right in line with that, that principle is keep it simple. We want to own businesses that we can understand that are straightforward if it's super complicated or you can't understand it i mean great example this is bitcoin like you know tell me anybody that can put a value or tell me what bitcoin's worth have no idea it's not it's not simple and usually complicated things there's a lot of wrong a lot of if there's things that can go wrong in with complicated things we like simple things to understand that 
that uh, just makes sense. Buy great businesses. Buy great businesses. And let them compound your wealth. I think of, so you keep it simple as far as, as making sure you understand things to, to invest in, but you also keep it simple. I mean, you look at, you, you read a Morningstar magazine and there are sharp ratios and there's all these matrix, you know, you got to get on the right risk curve and all this crap. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, beta. Buy great businesses <laughs> at great prices. Yes, beta. All that trash. It's it's dumb. Keep it simple. Yeah. But Wall Street doesn't like to keep it simple because they like to justify their fees. Their fees and themselves. Yeah. So the last thing I'll say is this. Those are the five things that that we believe that has I mean, there's many, many more that Munger has taught us, but those five things specifically have impacted Iron Gate in a big, big way. The fifth or the sixth thing, uh, which is just what we wanted to end with, is is a quote that he recently said on greed and 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 envy, and and this one stuck out to me. He said, "The world is not driven by greed; it's driven by envy." And he said at the end of his life, I have conquered envy in my own life. I don't envy anybody. I don't give a damn what somebody else has. But other people are driven crazy by it. That What is he talking about? Yeah, that, that seems like our world is full of envy. People are upset because their neighbor has a better, nicer car, a better home, yeah. or or something like that and that drives people nuts and people so the the you know inequality in the world is really driven the the feeling of inequality is driven by envy you know and you think about the standard of living of people in this world has increased in fact i was just looking at statistic we can go back a hundred years a hundred years ago half the world's population was in extreme poverty today it's less than 10 percent. but yet people are more unhappy today than they've ever been because of envy i, I think it really boils down to envy people yeah. are envious of their neighbor or you know their neighbor's dog or their donkey or whatever you know yeah and uh, yeah i guess i don't really i i think uh and i don't know why but i don't have much envy in my own life i want everybody to just be happy and have all that they want. And if it's more than I have, because that's what they want, that's great. I have what I need, right? Um, But it does drive people crazy about it. And it results in bad investment decisions as well. Bad business decisions. For sure. The world is driven crazy by it. Yeah. I, I think it ties into also one of my favorite teachings of Munger and he says that you know to be to be happy in life you need to lower your expectations yes which i love yes and and uh you know they say the danish are the the happiest country in the world and it's because they have really low expectations but i think there's a lot to be you know i I have a lot of danish ancestry I, i think there's a lot to be said for that i mean it sounds like okay that's kind of funny and silly but actually if you think about it makes sense yeah it makes t- a total sense and, yep. and it's 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 partly you know envy there people you know are envious of they want this you know higher higher standard of living and and uh just just keep it simple yep get eliminate envy from your life there's so many life lessons that munger taught 
that we haven't even talked discussed here. These are really the investment principles that invest that have really influenced Iron Gate. But there's a lot of life lessons. You know, here's a book called Poor Charlie's Almanac. One of the best. One a great book. There's a lot of really good life lessons in there and investment lessons. And it's really you know Benjamin Franklin wrote uh, Poor Poor uh, Benjamin Graham. Poor Charlie. Oh. Yeah. Poor Char- not, ben, not poor Frank. Charlie, but poor uh, Richard's yeah, Almanac. Yeah. And that's this this book is uh, written poor Charles, in, yeah. in, in memory of that and and uh, gotcha. Yeah, yep, yep. yeah. That's awesome. Yep. That's awesome. But here's what I love, Brian. I just got off the call with with Matthew. He did a financial plan actually for a good friend of mine. And a year ago they had a zero percent probability of retiring. They made a, a few adjustments in their financial plan. Now they're sitting at 85% mm. if they stay on this path. Yeah. There's nothing professionally that makes me more happy than that. Yeah. To where you can help somebody um, accomplish their financial goals. That's the opposite of envy. And I know what Charlie Munger was talking about. Yeah. yeah it's, it's awesome. Put them on the right path. Yep. Yeah, that's great. Yep. Anyway, long live Charlie. Rest in peace, Charlie. Yeah. Yep. But he has impacted Iron Gate uh, for sure. And I'm sure you'll be out in Omaha seeing Warren. Yeah, I hope to go back to Omaha again. Every The first weekend in May is the Berkshire meeting. Yep. It's every year. But uh, hope, hopefully we'll go out again. Yep. Continuous learning. Opportunity comes to those with a prepared mind, diversification, when to buy, when to sell, and keep it simple are those things we learned from Charlie Munger. Good stuff. With that, everybody, until next time, bye now. This is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized financial advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's financial situation is unique, and the topics discussed on this broadcast should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized advice. Specific financial securities discussed are not intended to address any listener's particular financial situation and should not be considered recommendations. This is for educational purposes only. For more information, please contact Iron Gate Global Advisors at info at or by...